1: Again, and welcome to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia, 101.9 FM, CITR.ca online. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 212. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. Safe to say, We are cock-a-hoop the Whitecaps. I'm planning the parade. I'm just trying to work out what day of the week we need to have it on. A fantastic win for the Whitecaps in Dallas. 4-0. First ever win in the heat of Frisco. But before we get to that, I thought we'd have a little bit of a celebration. (laughs) So this is going to be Radio Gold. I have brought along with us the Pharmasave white cap sticker collection. I bought it on Monday. I'm just getting our video camera set up. We're going to put this on YouTube because that is how excited I am by this. <laughs> it's an un- <laughs>
2: not unboxing, but an unwrapping. Yeah. it would Yeah,
1: because I've seen a lot of these things on YouTube where folk are unboxing. So I thought <laughs> I've been dying to open these stickers for seven days. So I've brought them along. So we're going to open them on the show. You can help me out. So I'll just move away from the mic a sec. M-
0: Michael uh, has his white Save bag. He's pouring it on the table with what looks to appear about 10 to a dozen packs. Yeah, here we go. First pack. Wait, wait. Are you actually videoing?
2: Do you want somebody First, to video oh, yeah, this? So is someone, video? someone needs this to take is, the camera. This
0: I, is can't open, amazing I can't video. open
1: the pack and open. So is that okay. good? <laughs> you're on? Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: oh th- this, this is this is, is what makes gold, this right? the best. So <laughs> pack one it's exciting. Wait who's on the cover? Oh well
0: right. Oh no who's on cover of the pack.
1: There's nobody's on the cover, it's
0: only the white cap symbol. So here here's the thing. You gotta be closer
1: to the mic, Michael. Seventy six stickers. Oh look at this. Oh you smell, smell it, too. Oh, it's a s- new <laughs> sticker smell. So here's oh, here's the first pack. Now if you've never opened stickers before it's you gotta be important careful you don't it rip, rip them. It. yeah. So I I sometimes just like rip it open like a Christmas present or my on my wife's birthday or something like that. But oh, the first sticker, my favourite white caps jersey of all time <laughs> the top half number eight It's the blue awake it.
0: The secondary. Now
1: there's five stickers in Sorry, the pack. Oh look, the first pack and I've got a double. <laughs> well that has not gone well. You get five stickers in the pack. There's little Christian to and And your second double. Yeah, and Alphonse Davies. A second double in the first pack. Quality it, control pharmacy. Quality yeah. control. <laughs> now white caps I want my money back <laughs> oh, 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 oh folk are going to think this is staged it is Zach's arm wrestling club wow that's a crappy pack I, you know oh. I don't, no I, not because of that one no, two doubles no offence Zach <laughs> two doubles and an arm wrestling sticker in my first pack oh man well I think that's enough. Let, let's let's just not open any more packs on the air. This seemed a good idea at the time. Now this is just like horrible. It would be horrible. Horrible. Let's get talking about something that's not horrible. The White Caps won in Dallas. Shocking. Robbo rang the changes. He said during the week he was going to. I'd had a few chats before during the week about whether this was going to be a throwaway game or not, <laughs> and that. There was a lot of people that I had chats with I I was speaking to the Radio Cascade guys and Sirius XM with Rudy Schuler and Aaron Papernick and they were like why would Robo rest players for a game when they've just had two weeks off? Fair point. But it's the heat of Frisco. Whitecaps caps never win there.
2: Never, and they needed to make a change because they played so horribly in the previous yeah. game. Yeah,
1: you, you want to send a message that look, like, that wasn't good enough. Yeah. So six changes made. Was that a surprise to you?
0: No,
2: no, well, I, I, was, I was a little bit surprised about the the people that we changed, but uh, not not surprised that there were going to be that many changes.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean we were talking, we were texting this week, obviously, Michael about. Uh, you know, who was going to play and who, not was, gonna, who was not going to play, who was going to stay at home. I bought me my second pack. And, uh yeah. It's it w- addictive. <laughs> it's addictive. Yeah, what did you get? I got a blue thing. <laughs> is that the- no, that's a tarp. That's a tarp of BC Place. I have a sticker that's a tarp. This is the
1: shittiest <laughs> stickers I've ever seen. It's just bad luck. You're
2: just picking the wrong ones, maybe. Could it be?
1: Now I've got a sticker that just says FC.
2: <laughs> I think that's Spike's hand too.
1: <coughs> Hold what <on>. is this? <laughs> oh, but Kendall Waston. Oh, hey, there you go. And Andrew Jacobson and an 86ers. Oh, oh. that's see, that makes
2: oh. up. You can't expect everything to be a,
0: a great you sticker. Ch- you should check the copyright on that one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I I
2: just. Okay, so uh, going back to this, the changes. It's <laughs> harp. <A> <laughs>
1: Why would you have a sticker that's a tarp?
2: Maybe they were doing the stadium, and they were doing different parts of the that's stadium. That's what it is. It's it's, like a it completion. is. But they,
1: they've got a white box around <laughs> it, so it can't even match up.
2: I, I agree with you there.
1: Does no does nobody understand stickers? <laughs> Here I am trying to promote these stickers. These are the worst stickers <laughs> I've ever seen. I, I, I'm opening a third pack. Right. <laughs> This better be better, or I'm just storming out of this show.
0: Oh man!
1: Oh, okay. We've got the old Whitecaps wave crest.
2: See, there
0: you go.
1: Now, oh, now I've got a a roof. <laughs> it's a roof. <laughs> to go. With it's a my beautiful tarp. scenery. I. It's the exterior of the I roof. I can't wait to see what the sticker description is for these things. I've got a Whitecaps Cascadia. Yep. Fonzie. Hey. There you yeah. go. That's almost like a rookie card. Now I've just got green. <laughs> that's a pitch that's the pitch let me see that number 51 grass (laughs) yeah is it grass or is it is it yeah how is this turf uh it's turf it's like okay not the worst packet of my three it didn't really have a lot to beat to be fair but okay anyway back to the dallas game. oh man so the changes the changes yeah
2: I, I thought they were warranted. Uh, I thought uh, you, even if you if you, some of the players you disagree with or agree with, obviously Kendall Waston was going to be one of the changes for sure. But, you know, I, I was a little bit surprised about um, what sticker? Yes, Kendall Waston. That's right. Kendall <laughs> Waston. We don't need the stickers to know who we're talking about. Okay. Uh, but my, yeah.
0: Michael ran to hold up the Kendall Waston sticker. for. I, my head
2: forward, I, I was a little surprised. surprised that Tony Chani was still in the lineup. That was a little surprised there. You have a Tony Chani? No, you don't yet. That's a, oh Andrew yeah Andrew Jacobson yeah I thought he, he might arrest. be in instead of Tony Chani so um, I'm not talking about that um, but it, I I think I think there were surprises and I but I, it worked for them they were able to get the result uh, that they wanted and they dominated actually
0: so in terms of the changes we, we we were talking this week and it ended up they left four players at home yeah they left AJ they left Harvey they left Fonzi and they left Bola at home. Right, Fonzie and was because of the they said the injuries the, 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 the abductor. abductor. That's yeah. not a that's not promising,
2: man.
1: It's a niggle. No. No, Robbo kept saying niggle. We we did joke last week that he was going to get wrapped up in bandages with all the injuries he got. Well, uh, well, you know what? Like I said to you also this
0: this weekend, Michael, injuries have fine lines. I'm hoping I'm hoping this abductor niggle is just the thing to keep him out of the the Chivas friend, friendly in the middle of the week that he's supposed to play Oh, Oh, could be. That would be nice. If that I got that him out of excellent. that. That would be yeah. great.
1: But I mean, the the changes. It's kind of interesting when y- you've made changes, which it's you're giving fringe guys, if you want to call them fringe guys, They're top guys. One's a DP in Brexit. but guys that haven't been starting. You're giving these guys minutes, and then they come in, and they play better than the stronger guys that have been left at home, yeah. or at least, the, the well, supposed on paper, are the yeah. strongest
2: guys. But one of the guys that uh, made it into the lineup, he scored the first goal. And let's go over the a few of the goals here. Bernie Abisi, um was able to make room for himself there on the first one and he, yeah, sure it was a little bit deflection but it, it caught uh, the goalkeeper yeah. Gonzalez off guard. Gonzalez
1: should have done better with that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it, it shows it pays to shoot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I know it was we, a
2: strong strike too because you could tell even if it with a, if it wasn't a strong strike the deflection would have taken it somewhere else.
0: Right, but I, and I know we don't want to get this in too deep or whatever, but the you I think there's two ways to look at it, but the touch that led to him having the strike initially when he, when it happened, I was like that is a really poor touch. Like he put it way too far away from himself when he cut back. He, he, I think he was fortunate. The defender, for some reason, kind of collapsed and didn't step up to challenge him. And then either deflected it or got in the way a little bit, and or put 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 Gonzalez off a little bit. Or ultimately happy for yeah. for Bernie. Yeah, I mean, hashtag he did, he feel he the well burn. To,
1: he did well to make room for himself, get the shot off. And if you don't buy a ticket, you not can win. win
0: the lottery. Yeah,
1: and he definitely won the totally. lottery. The but, second the second goal. Yeah. Uh, oh. was that a penalty? At first glance, I thought no. On subsequent viewing, I do think he was barged over. Yeah, he went down fairly easily, but he has the right to do that. Yeah. If you feel contact in the box, go down. He was bundled over to me penalty.
0: I don't know if I would say feel contact in the box, go down. But again, there's a cultural thing at play there. And I think it's not. Was it wasn't unfair to be a penalty. I think if that was... If it was your team who got called for that, I think you'd be extremely disappointed. And, and
2: you have to remember, Montero, one of Montero's legs was up, like off the ground. He was only on one leg. If you feel any kind of contact, you, you're going to go down. Who's yeah. going gonna to be able to st- uh, take contact and stay up on one leg? He was, you're going to go down he, he no matter what.
1: He was barged into it. And then you're thinking, who's going to take it? Is Freddie going to take it? The bug's not on the pitch. D- B- B- Bolaños oh, is not on the pitch. Uh,
2: There's a number of people that could have taken it, but yeah, he took it and he, I, he I took th- it well. I, I thought Jordy was going to take it.
1: Really? Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Well, was, I would put it in that Ready, position. Got up, took
0: it two 0 in Dreamland. At that point, the worst part of that penalty was the the, the 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 choice to go with the camera shot from behind the net. I like that for penalties. Yeah, but it wasn't no, even like directly behind the yeah, net. It was like on an angle dr- yeah, where you didn't even see the kick. It was in the corner of the net. It was, you didn't even it, see the kick coming in. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind behind the net if you see the whole thing. Okay, but. right. Um, and then, I mean, Whitecaps like in
1: Dreamland. But well, before that, oh. this is sending off. Oh right! Oh, and Carlos that was Grusel. That was a send off. Yeah, I don't oh, care yeah. what anybody
2: says. Yeah. That was definitely, the penalty was you know here
1: and there. That was definitely a sending off. Clear elbow. Yeah. Called up Mike picky, and he said, <laughs> "It's an elbow. It's a freaking elbow." He said to me <laughs> in my head. I imagine that. No. I imagine that would be the the discussion that that I had with with Mike yeah. Petke. But I mean, by that point, you are thinking. The Caps can't lose this now, surely. My wife was very confident. That was her words. She's like, oh, so you're going to win this now? And I was like, you Wait, your, yeah. wife,
0: your wife's name's Shirley?
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Shirley McLean.
0: Yeah, no, it, it did feel like, you know, in that moment that, okay, this is uh, this is going to be hard <laughs> to, to not win this.
1: Yeah. But then, Freddie effing Montero, 3-0. With a little... Beautiful nutmeg assist yes. from
0: TT. Yeah, TT to put the put the ball right through the legs, and it was a quality finish. It was a, it was a, a striker's finish.
1: It was, and Dallas had their chances. They had a, a couple towards the end of the first half. They had the, the ball in the net in the first half as well, which was nicely caught offside. They whacked one off the post uh, at three, Um It was that's why you have the post though. Yeah. It, they tried to get something. They kept fighting, but then the, the White Caps got their fourth.
0: Well, but for you felt you felt like you were in dreamland, right? It's 3-0 away to Dallas. The game's yeah. over. Nothing, can, can nothing it can get make any better. Yeah, nothing can make this better. For me, I was cheering on an Eric Hurtado hat trick. Yeah, that would have
1: been nice. But the goal of the game, <laughs> arguably, this could be the goal of the season for the White Caps. We'll have to kind of have a review as to what's competing with that. But Nicholas Mosqueda, yeah. Once again, showing he's way better off the bench than starting.
0: We talked about this last week, right? We said these last two games where he started, he didn't really do himself any favors of trying to continue to fight for starting minutes, especially with all these players coming back. He, He comes on as a substitute. The game's virtually over. They're up a man. And... He gets the quick kind of quick, short medium, or medium throw in from Shannon. Yeah, takes and a bounce, chest. Yeah, in. like the technique, the the risk, the the angle as well. The angle, and yeah.
1: Most of the time, and those going to go on in. And he
0: megged. He
2: yeah, and the, no, like he, you're thinking, you're, you're talking, you, you were talking. No, you're talking about the first goal. He should have been better on that <laughs> one. He should yeah. have been yeah. better on. Uh, but yeah, i don't I, I don't but i don't think
0: he was expecting that kind I, of shot either so i, totally I think that caught him off guard i totally agree steve he yeah. was definitely not expecting that
1: and as somebody shared on twitter this morning i liked that christian to took out nico's man bun
0: yeah 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 i saw that
1: no man buns hashtag who was your man of the match we'll talk about some individual performances in the second part of the show but who, who was your man of the match
0: there's a like a yellow-flavoured um, American beverage that they had their man of the match. Is that who was your man of the match? Yazoo. Do you have Z- Yazoo here? No, I don't think so. Oh, it's my- been Michael- banana milk. Are you Michael- talking about orange, iron brew? No, <laughs> I was going to say, Michael has iron brew out in the yeah. drinking area here.
1: Yeah, it's a very Scottish show. I'm wearing my Scotland top. I've brought Tunnock's Tea Cakes as a homage to Stuart Kerr. You'll find out why later on. You barely brought any cash in your wallet? Yeah. I've got a
0: moth yeah. it's, oh in, my it's in the wallet. I can't believe you said that.
2: He asked me <laughs> to and early, and before before uh, the show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: but man. who was your man of the match? I don't get this yellow stuff.
2: I I, I got, um, for me, it's Freddie Montero. Yeah, Freddie Montero.
1: Because not the, the the penalty,
2: but that third goal, that, that was the all-important goal. And he he timed that perfectly, that run. Um, and I thought even the uh, the first goal, I think he had a, a bit to play on that too, because he dropped back in there, and he he was able to control the ball there. But that that run he made where he he saw he saw Matt Hedges, um in in off of the line. He, he, Matt Hedges was the one who kept him offside, onside sorry, and his run in there that that goal was the clincher right there.
0: It's. I'm going to draw my man of the match from the next pack of stickers that we open. No, I'm joking. Uh, it's hard to disagree with you guys, and, and I think that was uh, that was the man of the match that was given, and it's, it's hard to disagree with the assist, the two goals. Yeah.
2: Just to update everybody, he's opening
1: up another pack.
0: Oh, here we go.
2: You mentioned the pack, and that's why he got it, he got it yeah. in his head again.
1: Carl Robinson.
2: Hey. Oh, there
1: you go. Uh, Did you see what Carl- David Ousted?
2: This o- is Ousted. a good pack. Ousted. That's a solid pack right now. Some action shots.
0: Yeah,
1: Matty. <laughs> the bottom half of the worst strip in history. Oh, now this is taking the absolute piss. <laughs> Sticker number sixteen. Is a little corner And there. it's all white with a little blue triangle. In I the- have
2: a feeling that spike. That spike's <laughs> had a wing or something like that. I- <laughs> Oh, man. Wait and see When the, when you put that on You're going to complete Something yeah. special You keep
0: buying those packs You
2: keep buying those packs And you will complete Something special I
1: bought 12 packs of these
2: Did you guys see What Robbo uh, did After the fourth goal When they were showing The replay it, they, yes. but, when, sorry, they there, he, when he yelled No goals No goals yeah. well, He had the cut sign Across his throat And everything like that
1: He really wanted that, that clean sheet Well mentioning Robbo Let's hear a little bit now From both the head coaches Whitecaps Carl Robinson And Dallas's Oscar Perea And I'll open some more stickers while while you guys hear this.
4: A positive result for us. I think we we played very well in the game, uh, which you have to do when you come here. And, you know, it's the first points we've taken here at Dallas. We know how difficult it is a place to come. uh, But I thought the way they prepared themselves, the way they went about the game... uh, you know, We had a little bit of luck here and there, uh, which you need in any way game, and obviously we managed to get the goals, so uh, proud of them
3: today. Did you see anything on the PK call?
4: I, I didn't. Listen, uh, it's hard to see from where I am, and I'm not sitting on the fence because I never do that. Um, some are given, some aren't uh, until I see it again now, but obviously we took advantage of it today. I'm sure Oscar will be disappointed, uh, but we've missed a few penalties, so <laughs> I did have a little wobble up as well, but <laughs> fair play to Freddie. Oh, great, yeah, really important for Bernie. You know, he's been patient. He's got himself fit, and and I thought he had a really strong hour. Uh, he cramped up a little bit towards the end, so that's why obviously the bug came on. But no, nah, he'll be he'll be delighted with his first goal.
0: And two goals for Freddie Montero tonight. Just his overall performance.
4: Great. Led the team properly and obviously gets the the penalty. And then it's a, the second goal is a great little finish, which I'd expect him to do. You know, he's, he's missed a couple of chances, um, but he's full of confidence at the moment because he works hard in training. And if you work hard in training every day, uh, then it transfers into games. Unfortunately enough, today he transferred into the game. The decision
0: to make six changes from last week
4: against Portland? Yeah, because I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you
4: win, it's the right thing. If you lose, it's not. You know, I left my, my older guys back there because I wanted to rest them. You know, AJ and Jordan. Marcel's played three games for Canada uh, in a short space of time, so I know he's fit. Kendall's my captain, so he, the big man comes back into the team. So really important. And then Bola, you know, Bola stayed and played two games in four days for me uh, in, while Costa Rica were playing, so I gave him a rest. But I want competition for places. You know, we've got a fantastic squad in there, young squad, uh, but we miss key players at key times. Today, key players come in, and um, we still up to the challenge.
0: A lot has been made about goals from open play this year. Uh, just happy to get a
4: few more? Makes no difference to me. I say this week in, week out, whether it's a penalty or a corner, goals are goal. I'm happy for the clean sheet, and David and the back four were great today. Shannon coming back in, you know, put on a real solid performance, uh, as did Marcel, so uh, credit to the back four, or five today.
5: All right, first of all, uh, I want to congratulate Carlton and uh, his group, uh, Talbancourt uh planned the game very well tonight, and the way they uh, draw it in the field, it was uh, difficult for us to to break it. I thought we had uh, all the time the intention to do it since the very beginning, uh, but uh, the things didn't bounce in our way today, and we have to accept it. But uh, I'm not going to toss this uh, responsibility to anyone. Uh, I could probably, but uh, I'm not going uh, I think I have to look inside first and uh, put my head up and then say, you know, uh, today I got beat and in uh, and many ways and I have to respect that as a part of the game and that's why uh, I think Vancouver, these are the points today. Oscar, how do
0: you think the the PK early in the second half changed that? Because it seemed even though you were down, you were getting chances and then kind of after that and then after the red card, it just you weren't able to put it together, as you said.
5: It was two key moments. You know, in the game, because uh, uh, when uh, Vancouver scored the first goal, uh, I thought that we had chances uh, to equalize. I didn't have too many doubts about just uh, bouncing back in the game and the scoring. Uh, we were creating it as always, and um, and then after the PK call, uh, we just the, the the game was further for us. And then the red car was even even worse. So all those things together just make a uh, make a nightmare today for us. And and uh and we're going to absorb it with, with pride and with uh responsibility.
0: Did they do anything tactically that you guys weren't ready
5: for or players on the pitch that you weren't expecting or anything like that? Mm, we we were expecting that lineup uh We knew that uh Carl was putting the four two three one when he plays away um so he was not And We have been playing against that model and against them with that model uh many times uh as I say you know what uh, the the game was was normal level we were creating options with uh, not too much luck and and cleanness uh but but after that. And after the incidents in the second half, with the PK and the and the red card, um, I, I thought we were just more uh, muscles and energy that ideas, and 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 it's normal. It was hard for both, and they have one one more player in the field, and then used the ball well, and and they really is, is scored great goals, you know. And I, I thought I, I was. Uh, uh, it was credit for them. They were very sharp in the last turn and, and and that that's why they, I think they deserved.
6: He's the gaffer. You can try it up with him. He's the gaffer. Even when he's on a lip. He's the gaffer. When his back's against the wall has the answer to it all.
1: He's the gaffer. He is the gaffer. Carol Robinson and Oscar Pervey there? Now, we've got to address the big elephant in the room. So, Zach, what was the difference in that performance in Dallas? Well, we know what the difference was, but what was behind the difference in that performance in Dallas to whatever it was we saw in Portland? If you can't get up and have the passion for a Cascadia Derby, and then you go to a game like this, and you put in a performance like that,
3: what?
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, you... It wasn't you, the same team, though. Remember, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you you Hunter. want you want as a supporter, you want those to be the opposite, right? You 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 want to smash Portland 4-0 at home in a Cascadia Cup match and lose two one away on the road, right? Uh, or well, obviously you want to win both, but um, yeah, it's it, it, that was uh, a very difficult uh, loss to Portland, and it, again, we talked about it, it wasn't just the result; it was the way the team played. Yeah. It was lackluster. It was. Lacked grit and determination, and so I think I think you have to. Uh, I know some people want to blame part of that on the coaching staff, but I think you also have to look at the look at the coaching staff and how they what they did uh, to get the players ready for for the Dallas game. And so one of the things was the the formation slash tactical approach was different for this game. It was a four four one one or four four two, depending on how you want to read that. Um, you know uh, so are you stirring some soup over there? What yeah. are you? Doing? Okay Well, that's your hurry up. Okay. No, I just told me you end at this yeah. at some
1: point <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, so it was it was incredibly frustrating and that sh- that shouldn't happen, and i think I think you saw a good reaction from the coaching staff and the players for what was an unacceptable performance at home against portland
2: and i I, I think that it was just players trying harder that's yeah. all as simple as it is. I I, I, I just
1: think they had more hunger because these were guys that were coming in as well, and they wanted to show Robbo that they deserved a place in the starting lineup. Yeah, and they certainly did that. Now, did the Dallas take the Whitecaps
2: slightly? Okay. And did they read the whole headlines about the Whitecaps never getting a point from all those games, yeah. seven games or something? Did, did, I don't.
0: Yeah. I don't think Dallas read those headlines. But
1: did y- Dallas do what Vancouver did against Portland? Yeah. yeah. Well, like may,
0: but they also didn't like, like they didn't start all of the, their. Usual starters, right? I know part of that's due to the the gold cup, or whatever. But like, yeah,
2: Costa came off in the halftime. Yeah,
0: Costa is is a starter for them, right? Yeah. And so they weren't at their their very best, and so I think that played a role as well. I, I really appreciated Oscar Perez's comments. He's um, a very genuine dude, even when he's passionately um, passionate against your your team or whatever. Um, he he also shows some respect there, so it was I really appreciated his comments.
2: No, it's obviously very important to get three points when you're right off the bat when you're starting a three game road trip because it's going to be harder and harder to pick up those points as the as the three games goes on, especially in such a tight Western Conference. It's like yeah. jam packed from top to bottom there. Like, oh yeah, I mean, and the, the thing
1: is, it's hard to even judge because everybody's got games in hands the, on each other. The Caps won and went up to fourth. Zach's having having a laugh over the sticker. Zach's just found the latest sticker that I opened which is more... (laughs) Let's let's worry about the stickers later. The Western Conference, the Whitecaps won and they moved up to to fourth. By the end of that night they were back down to sixth. Now, they've got games in hand. Three games on Portland, two games on Seattle and some other teams, yeah. But it just shows you how important that that was and getting that three game road trip off to a winning start as well in the match that you're not expecting much from yeah this could be the opposite of a summer slump
2: yeah and you know what makes this even more important is that the one team i I think they play even games with in the western conference especially in the top part of it is fc dallas so waiting that three points against fc dallas because they didn't have any games in hand on them was vital because that'll help down the road
1: not going to talk too much into this. We're already overrunning thanks to these disastrous stickers. We've all got one more pack to open. So we're just going to go through this because, in my head, this was a fantastic idea opening stickers on the radio. I've got Mauro Rosales, another David Ousted, Tony Chani, oh, the Shane and Williams sticker, and a leg. <laughs>
2: You remember the grass from before? <laughs> yeah. That, grass, that matches yeah. the grass. Oh. That's going to be part
0: of the grass. So I have the the MLS ball oh, with the, a with the couple of Maple Leafs there. Yeah. I have, uh, oh, actually, oh, there's a nice flag in the background. Kendall Lawson celebrating, I think, his goal against Colorado. I'm assuming the, the, back, cap, the back of the book.
2: I'm assuming the flag is.
0: Yeah, it's the fist, man. Yeah. Uh, a, a fine young gentleman from the Western uh, United States named Eric Hurtado. Oh. Texan Breck And my favorite... Um, some more scoreboard ceiling of BC Place. Is <laughs> this of, one in focus? No, it's not. It's not. A, it's not Again, we
2: don't know what's going to be in focus in the foreground. could well, be something in the
0: foreground. Well, we the, the, the picture in the book is a little yeah, Is it going to be
2: like, now, ro-
1: is it Rolf Harris? Now this, like, no, the pack, I op- is
2: the pack I open for you, yeah. this is the one you're going to trade with everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Because gosh. you got David Elstead. Number three. I've, I've
1: got three David Elsteads. Matthias Laba. <laughs> I've got two Matthias Labas. Carl Robinson. I've got two Carl Robinsons. Bottom half of the kit. <laughs> oh. And your favourite,
2: <laughs> the one that puts you over the edge. <laughs> no. Number 16, no. the little thing in the corner.
0: I think it's Spike. <laughs>
1: Spike. Um, Spike's
2: little...
0: I want uh, my 99 cents
1: back. 99 problems and my stickers are one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good one. Um, so, wow. I thought
2: I might change the fate of uh, what I got. A, made it uh, worse. No, I got a bad pack there. Right.
1: Let's move. No more stickers. That's.
2: Are it. there any
0: left?
1: I have three more packs to open. Oh, okay. We'll do. It what will we time. do at the, yeah. side the next segment then? Okay.
2: So individual player breakdowns on against for the for the Whitecaps against FC Dallas. We obviously talked about Freddie Montero and a couple other players. Who else stood out for you guys in this game? Um, whether it be defending, because obviously they got a clean sheet. You got David Elstead picking up a clean sheet and the back four for Clifford it Who else picked up for you? Yeah,
0: speaking of keeping a clean sheet, uh, I thought it was really great to have Kendall Waston back, and I think it. That, I think that was one of the the big differences in the the Portland yeah. home game because um, I, mean, I think yeah, I think him I, and Timmy Timmy are, him and Timmy together really were great. good together. Tim I thought was really good away to LA, and he wasn't bad against Portland, but he wasn't great.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you look at the attacking thing to start with, she came in. He was pretty invisible I thought
2: yeah I didn't really I notice him too much he, it seemed like he was drifting in and out and I wasn't even sure what position he was playing some of the times he
1: was yeah, I'm not sure he, he was, was some of the times yeah, well um, I mean, and it, and it Ebene, was his return back to FC Dallas too that I yeah. think the team that drafted him so he was up for it I mean Ebini put in a good shift got the goal Carl Robinson said afterwards that he's still not up to full 90 minute fitness he's been getting a bit gassed in games and stuff Yeah. And, but I mean, he he looked okay. Remember, and he
2: came off, not only is he coming off another team, he's coming off an injury too. It was a
1: yeah. pretty serious injury. It was nice though to see Montero getting some help up top, I think that was
0: like one of the really key things. So when you look at, for example, you look at the heat map of of where the players were on the pitch for the game, there was a far more there was less of the island effect as we've talked many games this year where our center our center forward is alone on the island. Yeah, that's why some people are arguing it wasn't four four one one. It was four four two is because of the heat map of of where the, those two attackers were.
1: Who else had heat for you? Ah, I mean. Looking at the, I mean, let's look at the defense then. Okay. De Jong came in for Jordan Harvey. Solid performance. Not Nothing yeah. spectacular going
2: forward, but he was left alone a couple of times on the, that left side, yeah. and he defended
0: well. We, we've talked about this in the past. He looks different for Canada. Like, I, I don't know what it is. He just I, I th- plays different. But I think
1: he's got a bit of a rub from the play in Canada yeah. he brought it over in this game. I, I I thought he did really well, and Shannon Williams came in as well, yeah. and... Or being out for as long as he did. I mean, he, he did fantastic. He's
2: but, the one that had, had basically set up that fourth goal yep. with his throwing.
1: So, I mean, Harvey was rested. Nerwinski was rested. Davies, Bola. We talked about all those guys. The dilemma now is what do you do yeah. next week? And how do you get these players in the team? I mean, let, let's just move on to the Colorado game. We're... Going from playing one of the best teams this year in the West to one of the worst.
2: And that's the pitfall. Yes. Yeah. And now
1: Carl Robinson has this huge dilemma. What does he do to to the starting lineup? I mean, do you bring in the guys that you rested? Let's look, first of all, right back. Did Shannon Williams do enough to keep that position that was his before his, his troubles? Or. Has he not done enough? And Jake Noverinsky is going to come back in and and get his start back.
2: I personally don't think Jake Noverinsky did anything wrong. I I think I think he's played really well too. Um, and so I think I don't think Shane. Well, Shane Williams ha- did have a good game. I think what I think you got to do is I don't think you need to reward anybody. I think you need to figure out what's the best option against that particular team on that particular day. And Carl Robbins has talked a lot in the past about who's showing him stuff in training. And I don't think he should be rewarding people for the games. I think he should be rewarding for people what they're showing in training and what is the best option tactically on the pitch.
0: Well, that's one of the one of the weird things, right? Is, and I'm sure he's doing that, too. Yeah, because he, he basically said after the LA away, he said, I'm going to play the same players because they, they got the result LA away. And then... They were that same group of players was not good at home against Portland. So I wonder if you'll go back to that and say, look, these guys got a result, therefore they're going to start again. Uh, Which is going to be weird because you rested these four guys, right? Yeah. And so uh, that's... I mean, Davies,
1: I can understand whether he's fit or not. If he's fit, I don't see him starting. I think he'll still be on the bench. For me, Bola is the interesting one. Do you bring him back in to start? He's still not 100% with all the the shoulder issues and stuff that he had.
2: Yeah. But the thing is right now, because of what you have right now, you maybe don't need him. Maybe you can rest him. Uh, Remember this, this is the summer, uh, the long, you know, the heat and everything like that. You give him a break and then maybe he comes fully fit by September and then he's able to get going for the playoffs because he is still probably their most creative player on the pitch.
1: I think we're going to go 4-2-3-1 in Colorado again. No big, big surprise there. My back four, I personally think he'll keep Williams in. Okay. I just think that, that he he's going to have liked what he did with the experience angle. I think Harvey will come back in for De Jong and we'll have Timmy and, and Kendall at the back. It's then what you do, because Jacobson as well was one of the guys that was rested. Yeah. Do you bring him in this week and then rest either Chani or Laba? And I, I have to feel that I think that is what's going to happen.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, th- that's not an issue either. I think they they should rest one of those guys. Um, I I personally think they'll probably rest Chani more than Lava.
1: I mean, the plan could be that one of them is going to get rested for each of these three games. Yeah. So you'll rest Lava one, you'll rest Chani one, you'll rest Jacobson one. Yeah, and
2: and, and the thing is, what I, and one thing I noticed about it too, I, I'll make this point quick. Whenever I saw Lava running, like like he does around, like the destroyer he is. Um, there was Chani was always behind him, holding down in front of the th- uh, back four. So he was always holding on. So th- I, if they do something like that, where they do, playing the four two three one, and that guy's in front of the lot then I have no problem Lava running around and trying to make Kavak.
0: Steve, are you saying that, that's something you've noticed that they've improved on? Yeah. Okay. So you, especially you, last game, I feel like it's, it was intentional. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I, a, a question for you guys: Do you think that um, Russell Tybert, uh, based on his his contributions to Canada uh, at the Gold Cup was uh, going to see some time or deserves time. Or I think so. You know.
2: I, I think that he should get something somewhere. Like uh, yeah,
0: FC Edmonton.
2: <laughs> no, no, to be honest, yeah, I do think he should be. Uh, I, I thought he did play well, um, but remember he came on as a sub in for Canada too. So if he could come on as a sub and 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 put some, you know, put put that high pressure on like he was doing for Canada, I think he'd be very vital there.
1: I mean, he's got two games coming up that are very, very winnable for the Whitecaps. In two weeks' time, they're heading to New England. They're eighth in the East. They're facing the bottom team right now in the West this coming weekend. It's a game, apart from the fact that it's a bottom team, it's a Western Conference rival. You want to get the three points from this. You have to put your strongest team out there. I could see Shea dropping out just to let Teixeira come back in. And then maybe ha- keep Bola on the bench just to kind of rest him up a little bit more. Or Bernie comes off for to chair. Yeah, it, it, but, I mean, it He did be well. He scored. It's kind of hard to, I think, take a guy that scored out the lineup. But so are Mesquita's you going to play?
2: <laughs> I'd I'd mm. rather put people on that haven't scored because it's more likely they're going to score because <laughs> nobody
1: scores two goals two goals straight in the games. I mean, Colorado. Let, let's look at them rooted to the bottom. Even below Minnesota United, so that's that's how bad they are. They've got twenty points from twenty games.
0: Yeah, what's happened to them this year? Oh, we talked about it in the preseason, I think. And you can, I know things didn't go well for him where he went, but I I really think that John Spencer leaving their coaching staff, and you'll agree, Michael, because he's Scottish, but. Uh, I really feel like that was uh, something that was not good. There was rumors or whispers or MLS people or whatever talking about the, uh, how he was playing a significant role in what happened there last year, and it'll, I think that's one of the, the places they have recovered. Plus, you look at some of the moves they made this year. And, and the I, biggest I, one was Sam Cronin. Yeah. How, that how that, you, that devastated yeah, that team. That, basically it was that so guy. incredibly awkward.
2: It's almost like the similar to Dax McCarty getting traded from New York to Chicago. Yeah, I on, think that on, had the same effect. On a different New, level, York's, yeah. New York's kind of pulled it together now, lately. But they, they were struggling at the start of the season, too, a little.
1: Yeah, I mean, everything just now seems to be going through Dominique Baggi. He's leading the team with six goals. He's leading the team with five assists. He's not getting a lot of help out there. And defensively as well, which is what they built their big run on this year, they've, they've been poor defensively. They're the shipping goals all over the place. Well, and, that, that's, and cool. that's Tim so, Howard is your big DP
0: in that too, right? But that goes back to what you're saying, Steve. They lost Sam Cronin, who held everything together in the yep. middle. They also, I know he didn't play as big of a role. They lost uh, Jermaine Jones, who for part of last year did play a significant role for them. And I also think. Uh, Gashi has not had a. Oh, he's, he's dropped off. He's yeah, I, was a, I was a big fan of Gashi. I think he missed had him here. He missed the
2: like He missed the Vancouver game. Where did he just come back at that time? I can't remember. But he wasn't very effective. He has not been effective. He's dealing with injuries too, but he hasn't been effective at all this year.
0: Yeah, and we obviously—I I don't think you have mentioned it yet, Michael—but obviously, it's not just you know you're not just playing the 11 players on the pitch for Colorado. You're you're playing at altitude, and so it's a little more. Difficult to to get points uh, in Colorado because of that advantage, and so I think uh, hopefully that hopefully the preparations this week um, can the players can be ready f- for that, uh, and not uh, that won't be too big of a, an issue for them. But hopefully they don't, you know, look oh they're bottom of the table. Hopefully they don't play down yeah. to to their level or.
1: Well, they're going to be favorites now heading into it, right? Of course. P- what's your prediction then?
0: I. Th- I think it might be like a 2-0 to
1: Vancouver. I was going to go with 2-0. I'll go with 2-1 then, just to be different. Two, two clean sheets in a row. Ooh, not happening. I'll go 3-2 uh, Vancouver. Oh, a barn burner yeah. is what Steve's expecting. So, one guy that we're expecting to be back in the lineup is left-back Jordan Harvey. Jordan had a, a good chance to rest up this weekend, and... I don't know what was in the menu for him this weekend He's a big fan of Mexican food So maybe he he got some of his his Favourite pork carnitas in But I got a chance to catch up with him During the week and talk to him about Fish and chips
5: it's Fish and chips
6: Chips and fish My oh my What a wonderful dish Put some salt And
4: vinegar on And you
1: your lips So Jordan, you've ordered some fish and chips when it comes, do you have salt, salt and vinegar or salt and sauce? And that sauce could be ketchup, brown sauce or tartar sauce.
3: It's uh, it's definitely the, uh, the ketchup sauce with my fish and chips. I... It's probably terrible, you know, I don't know if, if that's a standard thing, to have ketchup
1: with the fish and chips. Uh, my wife
3: does, but she's Canadian. So. Okay, well, I think it's maybe a Canadian, North American thing. I, I love ketchup, so I always have that with my fish and chips.
2: <laughs> How much is the fish? How much is the fish?
5: How much is the chips? Does the fish have chips? How much is the fish? How much is the Hi,
4: I'm Carl Robinson. Uh, You're listening to the AFTN podcast.
1: That was the theme tune to the villain
0: Marty Scarrow Ring of Honor. No I don't think uh, Oh he's the do thing the the thing the Vancouver Whitecaps did a few years ago.
1: Yeah, he's he's in that now. Apparently.
0: Oh is he? Yeah. Oh wow. Good for him. So welcome
1: back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. You'll all be glad to know we only have three more packs of stickers to open. We're all gonna do one just now. The tension you could cut it oh. with a knife. But don't cut the stickers with a knife. No, no. Oh, hey. Okay. Oh, my
0: goodness. This is almost the same as your first pack. Oh, I've got Ben McKendry. i got Ben McKendry. I've got the other roof
1: thing. And Andrew Jacobson and Kendall Waston. Yep, basically, apart from Ben McKendry, who isn't at the club anymore, or at least for now, these are all doubles as well.
0: Uh I got two of that gold that you already have two of. Oh. Ben McKendry.
2: Two in the same pack again? Yeah. <laughs> oh the, This is terrible. White Quality, <laughs> no pharmacy. Ni- Mr. Have
1: to Whitecaps, farm-safe. If you
0: are listing Mr. White <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> the top half of the Sea to Sky. Oh. And I'm biased but the best sticker in the whole. Oh, oh another curva. Two curva stickers.
1: No
2: slider collector.
1: No. Hmm.
2: What what have you got? Okay. So I got uh bola. I got uh, something that's going to probably soon make sense of the whole that triangle <laughs> one. Uh, I got Spike there with his ah. mouth and the white caps thing. The 79
1: oh. white caps. Oh, it's a double? Yeah, another double. Um a roof? Another double. Oh, yeah, that's about the roof that's not even in focus.
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, a player who uh, was with the white caps is now in Sweden. Yeah, Sam. We have one of those. Yeah, I
1: just got him last time as well.
2: Yeah, now it it
1: does say. I've got lots of doubles here. It does say in the sticker album to to go and swap them with your friends. Friendly suggestion. I I think if I take those (laughs) and try and swap it with people, I may end up in a straight jacket. Do you want to swap a white bit of (laughs) sticky stuff with a blue triangle on it? (laughs) I don't know. This I have wanted. A white cap sticker collection for years. Big Panini fan. Got the World Cup collections going back to 1982. Wait, these are not Panini. It might surprise you to know that I think a Panini sandwich could make a better <laughs> sticker collection than this. Anyway, let's you're, move on from. You're stickers. being so critical, Michael. I was going to video all of this. I'm really glad I I didn't. Then I could watch my meltdown on YouTube on repeat. Now you just get the audio. Yeah. So somebody, though, that isn't in the stickers is the newest addition to the Whitecaps, Stefan Marinovich. He arrived this week, came to training on Monday. I got a chance to catch up with him on Wednesday. Kiwi keeper, fourth Kiwi at the club, along with Francis Devries, Declan Wynn and Mayan Bevan. The most chilled guy I think I have ever spoken to. I feel like you've said that before. Yeah, this, this guy is. Anyway, here's my chat with him and then we'll talk a little bit about Stefan and what he brings to the club in a few minutes' time. You're in Vancouver now. You've talked a little bit about how the the move came about, but what was it that really attracted you to come to MLS and Vancouver at this stage of your career?
7: Um, well, I'm now 25. Um, I felt uh, my career needed a little bit of a little bit of a challenge. I was uh, very comfortable at um, at my old club, easily number one. Would have played again this year, you know, another full season. But um, like I said, I, I needed a challenge. And, um, you know, fighting for a spot with uh, David, that's a, that's a big challenge. So, yeah, I need that. Uh, I had a chat with Jake Leeson about you at the weekend.
1: Um, he said, "I don't know him very well, but he seems a decent bloke." Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it nice to kind of come to a league where if there is things that you're not sure about, or you just want to reach out to folk? You've got another Kiwi keeper here. You've got four Kiwis on the or three Kiwis on the on the USL team.
7: Yeah, that's um, that's probably a, a nice thing. Um, I probably say the same thing about Jake. I only trained with him for a couple of days, but he seems also a good bloke. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's also nice you have. Um, I, I know um, one. I know Declan and the second team uh, quite well. We've had a couple tours together, so it is it is nice to have a little connection there. Um, but at the end of the day, football's football, and you play every week. There's not there's not much else to it really. <laughs> Now, I was reading a little bit about you. You had trials over in, in the UK
1: and then you went back to New Zealand and then you went over to Germany. What was it that took you to
7: Germany? Germany, I felt, um, has produced... What still does produce very good keepers, world-class keepers. I mean, you got the old one from Spain, you know, here and there from Italy, blah blah blah. But I felt Germany consistently produced good keepers, and for me, as um, a 17-year-old with uh, you know, I had the height and I had the. Um, I could catch the ball I guess you could say I guess I had a little bit of raw talent I felt it would be best served uh, in a a German environment and the German goalkeeping trainers at the time And talking to
1: Stuart something which I guess folk that's not from Europe or folk that don't know too much about football over there they see that you've played in like fourth tier and they think that's not a high level but it's a high level in Europe compared to, say, a lot of the levels over here. How would you describe that level for people that don't know what you've been playing at?
7: Um, it's probably very difficult for me to describe because um, um, I can definitely understand the, um, the, the trepidation a little bit about um, a keeper about that, uh, coming from that level. Fourth league, I, I can't, I can't compare it to anything because yeah. I haven't seen anything here. But um, it's, it has like half the teams are good teams you know they're they're, they're second Bundesliga teams and stuff like that you know with uh, academy players who are you know the up and coming you know first or second league players right so um, you have those and then we, for example, were a team filled with a couple of ex-second league players um, and, you know, myself as an international. and, and So we, we dominated the league last year, and the idea was to go to third league this year and, and, and play a, a good season third league and then maybe jump up into the second league again. It was kind of a project, and um, I, I liked the idea at the time, and um, that's why I joined on. But I just felt that it was... Um, I, I needed something more. I needed a, I needed to push myself more. and um, So I can definitely understand the people that, that have a little yeah. bit of trepidation, but um, I think I have proved uh, multiple times that, at, at least with the national team and with those big games that we had, those cup games, that um, I can deal well with pressure situations and I, I can adapt very quickly to those and I can perform really well. So I don't have any uh, qualms about playing it uh, in the MLS. Uh, I'm, I'm not afraid and... I'll have another hopefully a quiet game if I whenever I play one and uh and have a good performance. You obviously didn't come here to to sit on the bench though either. So how how do you
1: put yourself in Robo's mind to to be the starter? What do you need to do at training to unseat a guy that's basically played every single game bar 1 in the last couple of seasons?
7: Yeah, it's tough, you know. I mean, um you're right. Obviously, no no keeper wants to sit on the bench. I'm sure um Spenny and um, and Sean would love to be in my shoes and you know be sitting behind uh, David and have a chance and an opportunity maybe to play. Uh, you know, mindset has to be. Uh, I've done it before, <laughs> so I know what it's like. Um, I know what it's like being behind a um, a, a really good keeper as well. Uh, you just have to do your thing, week in, week out, and you can't you can't definitely can't show any type of bad bad feelings or uh, I don't like the position I am in. You just have to show that. I'm here to play. I put my hand up and I'll do that. I'll do that in training every week. I'm, if, if I need to play, I will play uh, if you want me to play. So that's all i got to do. I've just got to keep doing that week in and week out. It's uh, mentally tough, but uh, like I said, done it before and it's worked out for me. <laughs>
1: You don't have like A little voodoo door David Auster Or something
7: No 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 voodoo <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, Looking then back at, at New Zealand You were away At the under 20 World Cup uh, Initially in 2011 And then you've just been At the Confederations Cup World Cup's obviously There next year Hopefully New Zealand Get through all their Qualifying and make it What did you find The whole experience like In Russia And just after that Whole tournament Because you had some Really top guys Going against you
7: Obviously I worked Very hard towards that Uh on a, on a personal level um you know with my team and um you know getting physically and mentally prepared throughout the year to that because uh, you know I was involved in the tournament that got us there in the first place and I want to be that starting keeper that that played against those teams and um you obviously you you want to be mentally prepared and I have my own little things that I go through to do that and you know the, the tournament was amazing um I'm I enjoyed every minute apart from the minutes where I conceded um but being in a huge tournament like that especially someone my age and um being able to 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 play against those top guys it's great to be able to uh to measure yourself against them and say at the end of it I can say you know what I can I can hold with them I can play against them I don't I'm not letting balls, to, you know, through my hands, and I'm not, you know, shivering in my boots. It's at the end of the day. It's it's a it's a person. It's a it's a man, and he's just a little bit better at football than what I'm usually
5: used to.
1: That's <laughs> What was Russia like then as a as a venue to have it? Because obviously the whole world's going there next year. somewhere I personally wouldn't really want to go there. I don't think, and, and watch football there. But how did you find it, like being a and just the, the whole environment, the cities and stuff?
7: Um, I like Sochi and I liked, because um, we were only in Sochi and um, St. Petersburg, but I love them, them both. I thought uh, Sochi um, was a great, you know, if you're going on a vacation and you're from Russia, you know, you probably want to go there. It's beautiful, beautiful hotels, um, you know, Stone Beach, nice, uh, everything new. So it's another up and coming, up um, and coming uh, vacation spot for those probably those Slavic, um, you know, the countries close by, um, the city of St. Petersburg, beautiful city, old buildings, lots to see, uh, obviously it's a little bit different in a team, you're, you're quite isolated um, from anything else, maybe if, if that's political, or if it's um, um, the people themselves, So you know, you don't have a, have a lot of interaction with um, uh, with a lot of people but from what I saw I thought it was, thought it was a great place to um, play football the stadiums were great new, beautiful grass couldn't complain from the footballing side
1: Have you any concerns that you're coming over here you might not be the starter and then you've got Jake Gleason down in Portland who is the starter obviously the two of you are battling for the number one jersey have you spoken to the New Zealand coach about anything like that?
7: Um I definitely, but b- before I made the decision to move here, I, I, I ran it past the coaching staff there, um, and I said, "Look, this um, this is a possibility for me to move. Um, what do you guys think?" Basically, and they said, "Yeah, we definitely want you. You know, trying to play at a higher level. Um, we think you can do it. So, do it. Go for it." So, it's a tough one. Obviously, probably from a from a from a coach's point of view, he's looking at it and going, "Well." I've played him the last nineteen games. I can't just because he's played not for yeah. like three or four months. Just then, all of a sudden, just not play him. I'm, you know, I'm guessing that's that yeah. that has to be a thinking. But obviously, if I'm not if I'm not playing for the next year and a half, he's probably not going to keep on playing. me. So that's the thing. I, um, it's not so much a worry, but just uh, just probably going to be a fact. You know, I have to something that drives you. Yeah, to yeah, you. yeah, exactly. I have to. Um, I'm not going to uh, want to sit around for a year and a half until the end of my contract and then go, OK, bye, uh, on to different things. Um, I'll obviously be looking, always looking to play.
1: Um, You've come to Vancouver now. Have you had a chance really to, to do much sightseeing? I, you said the other day it's a lot like Auckland. When I spoke to all the other guys, they, that was the exact thing that they said. It's very similar to Auckland.
7: I, I'm not sure exactly what I said, but I'm, I, what I meant to say was definitely I've heard that it's like Auckland. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, I thought I said that, but maybe, maybe I did. Maybe I did. <laughs> um, I haven't. I haven't seen um, enough to to give a um, to give a proper proper opinion. I mean, um, you got the sea there. You got a beautiful city. Could, people are really nice. Apparently, I've heard. I don't know yet. <laughs> um, some of, them. <laughs> some of them. I think. Um, so I, I still need a little bit of time to, to look around. I'm doing a lot of jobs at the moment, and okay. setting myself, in. that takes it takes time. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Stephen. No problem.
3: Cheers.
1: Stephen Marinovich there, talking all things white caps, Kiwis, and his move to Vancouver. He's definitely not a guy that's come here just to be happy sitting on the bench. Now, I'm not saying Ternaghi was happy sitting on the bench, but he took that role well. Stefan, he wants to be the number one here.
2: And that's a good thing to have, I guess. You have to push the the person in front of you. Um, competition is good for everybody. D-
0: did you see Paulo's post on social media? No. Oh, okay. I think I think you'll enjoy this. Yeah. It was very, very interesting. It was very nice and whatever, but there was one line that caught a lot of supporters' attention in it and he said he said this Make whoever is wearing your colors on the field and in the offices more accountable to you. <laughs> but that was pretty awesome. Paul Paulo was a great guy. Paulo was very professional. Paulo didn't cause any problems, didn't cause any disruptions, gave his all in training, got some got some games. Obviously wanted more, and this year I think it became very obvious when the red card happened in San Jose, and the next game he didn't start. That was, it was over uh, was for, for the second pure, time. Though, in, but, but, in but not
2: very many people expected him to come back for this year too. Everybody thought he was going to be right. moving on. It was a surprise that he was re-signed again. Right. So it's uh, it's interesting to see. Like, uh, And what do you guys think uh, – So obviously, he's going to be um, coming into uh, looking for the number one. Do you think he gets it this year? Do you think he gets a start this year? Do you think it's uh, unless Ousted has a horror game, then he gets it?
0: Well, I mean, we've talked about this uh, maybe last episode or whatever, but it's hard not to see this as a move to more than just test or push David. This appears like a move for the future. I mean, he said, Stefan himself said there, I'm not coming here to sit on the bench for 18 months because I'll lose my spot with the national team. Yeah, and that's and that's huge. So I, I don't know what I don't know what he's been told, and I don't know what the arrangements are. I don't know what the planning for the future is. But it's hard not to see this as you're gonna uh, jettison David and his larger contract and move forward with a with a younger keeper.
1: Marinovic has come into the white caps. And I got a chance to catch up with Stuart Kerr Just to ask him Just what was behind the thinking of bringing him in And just how do you keep all this goalkeeping talent That's at the club just now happy So let's hear what you had to say So the, the new keeper,
3: Stefan, that's come in What is it that you've seen about him That wanted to make you bring him here? I think um, he's, he's a really good age He's had a lot of experience for a goalkeeper um, And also he has a very calm personality very calm in the goal Um, brings a calmness for a young age as I say he's played a lot of games he's played in international games he's played in Germany even though the level's not been like premiership level and stuff like that any league in Germany is very very difficult and you have to be structured to be able to survive in it I just think it was a no brainer move for us to get him in there was a lot of teams after him So we had to make a move. Obviously, people read things into it, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's for us. It's like he's he's a goalkeeper that we look at and we think he's going to be something special in the future. There's the goalkeeping
1: talent here. It's huge, it's yeah. like really deep as well Even down to Thomas Hassel in the residency programme It's a position where only obviously one guy can play How do you keep all these guys happy?
3: Well I think for me it's um, it's a it's, it's good point you made there With the, the goalkeeping, the thing's really really deep But for me I want to change the mentality Because for me I think there's a thing here Where there's a big range of talent here And we're bringing goalkeepers through We've not brought any goalkeeper through there's no, there's no yeah. goal there's no, like, I've been at clubs before Where it's like 18 years of age 19 years of age And then they don't kick on For me that's setting the bar low I feel as though we can improve In what we're doing And bringing goalkeepers through I feel as though When you look at it You say okay Marco Carducci You even look at guys before that And stuff like that they never made it in at the first team. So for me, that doesn't constitute we've got a the deep goalkeeping pool. So for me, I think we bring somebody in like Stefan, who's at a young age, 25, and even for guys like Spencer and Sean, who are similar age to him. But if you look at the experience, he's got... He's playing in, he's playing in like New Zealand's number one, keeping guys like Jake Gleeson out and, and stuff like that, and he's only 25. That's what we want. We want to have goalkeepers by the time they get to 24, 25, that they've had significant amount of experience, not just going, oh, well, he's potentially going to be very good. So this is the first step in really bringing that on.
1: Stuart Kerr there talking about the Whitecaps goalkeeping situation. And, I mean, he makes a very valid point there. We've had a lot of good goalkeeping talent, Marco Carducci... Callum Irving? Yeah. We had high hopes for them. Yeah. They just didn't make that breakthrough to become regular first team guys. And Stuart wants to change that. He wants to have these guys not just getting deals, but challenging and actually becoming and playing minutes in MLS. So good luck to him with that. He-
2: the the thing is is that you, you get you get you know, goalkeepers like uh, Jesse Gonzalez, like we saw yesterday, he he he's an outlier where he's at a young age playing as a yeah. starter, goalkeepers don't start usually at the top clubs. Um, w- relatively, like MLS to wherever, they don't play at the top clubs until they're like twenty three, twenty four. You've got Marinovic at, at the, in the at earliest, 25. yeah. So you, 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 it's a longer kind of lifespan for yeah. goalkeepers. So you can't, like, when we do residency top five, I, I have difficulty ranking goalkeepers yeah. because they can be like,
1: you could be fantastic at sixteen, but by twenty you're done. It, it, yeah. it's, it's such a fine line. And we mentioned Marco Carducci there. He's going to be heading to town on Wednesday. Yes. Rio Grande coming to Thunderbird Stadium for the Nooner. Nooner at the Bird.
0: Do you know how they did in Portland this weekend? uh, They played Portland.
1: I didn't look at that one. Yeah. But, yeah, it'll be great to see Marco back. hope to catch up with him after the game. I'll be doing commentary for that one. Colour commentary with Gideon Hill, my TSS Rovers cohort.
0: The Christy Clark runner-up. Yep. Yeah.
1: Hopefully, Christy Clark will be on the show next Sunday. She won our our Twitter poll as to who we want to replace Zach. Zach has unfortunately picked up a one-game suspension from <laughs> Disco. Uh, but he will be—he might too, be back soon.
0: Was it too much use of the, the term dead
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it's been a busy week with comings and goings, mainly goings, from the Cats' point of view. Ben McKendry has gone to FC Edmonton. Not too far away. Our plane ride. Samari Cookby has gone to Gothenburg. Much longer playing. Made now. his debut today yeah, and missed a I penalty. Oh, did he?
2: Oh, I didn't hear about that. Sorry, who? Samari Sam Cookby made his debut today and missed
0: a penalty. P- yes. In a shootout?
1: No, 19th minute penalty. They gave him, they let him penalty. They let him take it and he in missed. The first game. No, wait, okay,
0: when you say missed, do you mean missed the net or got stopped?
1: It didn't go in the net. I didn't watch the oh, game. Okay. I wasn't tuned into Swedish TV. Well, I was, but I wasn't watching
4: the football. <laughs>
2: Yes, people, that's the sound. You heard that sound. You heard it last week. Now you hear it this week. That's the Flash top five. This week, quick countdown. Top five attackers, U23, women of the FISO female. Everybody looks
1: surprised. I told you. Uh, you guys, I'm not surprised. You guys heard it last week. You're going
2: to come I a I, week.
1: I, I'm, just, I'm just assuming you're doing this whole segment on your own. Yeah? Oh, okay. Well, my, no, I'll, I'll, Let me count this down.
0: My, so, e- my ears are still ringing from the horn. So
1: yeah. what you say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so number 5, It's quarter past
2: midnight. <laughs> so number 5, Valerie Sanderson. Um she she's from Quebec. She uh she hasn't made a cap yet, but she really did well in the in the lower levels. She's uh played with Memphis in college and now she's signed with FC Metz. Um it's second division France. Uh they just got relegated so they're looking to go up. Number 4, Michelle Prince. She has had caps. Yeah. She's had uh 6 goals. She's currently 21. She's playing on the Houston Dash. Um, very solid winger uh, can play up up top as well. Number three, the one Michael you talked to her, uh, a few weeks ago, Jordan Hatema. Yeah, uh, made her debut this year. Two goals and four uh, appearances so far. Um, she probably could be essentially could be the future. She's kind of like the Alfonso Davies of the female side. But the one thing <laughs> is, is she there won't be as much pressure on her to be to be that person because right. there's so much other talent around her. Number two, Deanne Rose. Um she scored the opening goal uh for Canada against Brazil in that bronze medal game. Um again, she's only 18. She scored 7 goals already for the national team. Um and currently I think she's going to F- Florida uh in in the uh NCAA. So she I think she's just starting that this year. Number 1, kind of obvious, uh, Janine Becky. Yeah. Um 22, 18 goals and 34 appearances already. She is kind of, I know people don't want to hear it, uh, Sydney LaRue for us. She was born in Colorado, moved up here really young, then only stayed in Saskatchewan until she was three and then moved back to Colorado. But she has been basically through, she never was with the U.S. Uh, uh, underage teams. Uh, she always was with Canada. And she's uh, now she's obviously on the national team. She's one of their top scorers. She's kind of taken over for Christine Sinclair as the go-to uh, uh, striker in up top, and where Christine Sinclair's moved back into the midfield. Yeah, good. Your li- guys' thoughts? Good list. Good list. Do you uh, think Jordan was maybe the, should be number two? But I, th- I thought she's still young. Michelle Le- uh, has had a very good run with the Canadian. Ro- you have roses. Oh, two? so Deanne Rose on. The, yeah, uh, roses too. Yeah,
0: two. Uh, uh, yeah those, those the top four for sure. I think of our our, our players who already made significant comp- contributions at at age level and a little bit obviously at the senior team as well. Uh, I always thought we would Jordan would be known as Brody's brother but now it might be Brody's known as Jordan's sister. Yeah. It's the uh, like Pierce
1: lying with Kara.
0: I think I got that backwards, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did get that backwards anyways. Um, no, I, I it, it, it's exciting times uh for the Canadian women's team in terms of yeah, these attackers they have coming through. Janine Becky has been awesome. She's obviously she is the sister of Drew Becky. Uh, who uh, played a little bit in uh, in MLS uh, with Columbus and uh, was at Ottawa and has played a few places. Um, and uh, no, she she can score, man. Like she has a nose for a goal. I, I, we talked. I think we, we might have mentioned this in the past. And one of the, my only disappointments is that they've handed off the penalty taking duties to her because. It would really be really nice to see Christine Sinclair break that you know, But how record. much
2: do you want to bet that it's Christine Sinclair's call oh, totally. for Janine Becky to, totally. to do that? And that's how much of a class actress Christine Sinclair is. Yeah.
1: The future comings and goings, you have to think, there's going to be some more. We've yeah. talked about those, so we won't do that as well. I've had a little murmur that there's going to be a new edition announced this week, and I'm interested to see what the fan reaction is going to be to that. It's... It's a player, it's not like a new lawnmower or anything like that. Just in case you're wondering, that was what East Fife did once. Teased their new signing and it turned out to be a lawnmower.
0: I remember you telling that story before.
1: But did it help on the pitch? Not now, because they've got an artificial pitch put in.
0: Oh, excellent. Uh, Marco Carducci lost 2-1 to T2 today. I'm hoping he's going to be in goal, but not too sure.
1: But anyway, all that chat about goalkeepers has made me hungry. Anyone fancy a Chocolate Digestive? Anyone fancy a Chocolate Digestive?
6: Anyone fancy a Chocolate Digestive?
1: So you're sitting at home at night with your beverage of choice, non-alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> do you go for a tea or a coffee? Coffee for me. And do you have a biscuit with that? And if so, what would be your biscuit of choice? Well, hopefully I would have some Tunnock's tea cakes. Ah, that then answers the <laughs> next question as to whether you would dunk that, because you can't really dunk a Tunnock's tea cake, no. but are
3: you a dunker in general? I dunker with uh, normal biscuits, hobnobs and stuff like that. I'd maybe do that, the old chocolate bit, but uh, not for Tunnock's for tea cakes, because that's a waste. <laughs>
4: It's is the last year to prove that you can play pro.
3: You're nothing like him. The first female coach in the MLS.
5: Our brother. We find him ourselves. You work for me now. The whole world will be watching you. The opportunity to change your
6: lives.
1: New TV drama launching on Monday. Debuting, yeah, Yeah. tomorrow. Eight-part series. It's it's only eight parts today. Yeah, it's only an eight-part series. They want to test the water with it. Okay. Now, TV dramas have not been that successful with a soccer theme over the years. There's been a few in the UK. I don't know if any of them have really made it over here. Dream Team was a big one. Which I didn't like. With everyone died or something? Like, they, like somebody died every week or something? Was no, that the one? Or it, what it was, was It was just
0: very dramatic. Oh, okay. Yeah. Only yeah. the documentaries do well.
1: My favorite soccer-related TV drama is from 1989 and 90. It was called The Manageress okay. about about a female soccer manager that was in charge of a, an English team.
0: Oh, don't ru- ruin tonight's wavelength. You can have the theme from that on? No. Oh, okay.
1: Got an even better one. So those two shows dream team and the manager s there's a few similarities actually between both of those and 21 thunder there's a female coach in 21 thunder but she's not the head coach which there's been a lot of chat about that in the build-up to the show and i think that's maybe misled a few focus to to what it was about um and then dream team was more focused on the off the pitch antics of the team than the on the pitch ones and for me, that's what 21 Thunder about. Yeah. This is, they wanted it to be like Friday Night Lights.
2: And I've seen that. And I uh, after watching these two episodes, I can say it's pretty similar. They they do hit the what they were looking. If they were looking to do that, they definitely hit those.
1: They'd considered basketball at first and then decided to go into the world of soccer. Yeah. Basing the team in Montreal and a fictional MLS team. <laughs> that wear blue. That wear blue. The Thunder uh, Impact. Thunder Impact. And have okay. a guy that they brought over from the Ivory Coast. But, <laughs> total coincidence. <laughs> they actually did film this and have it all written before Drogba went to Montreal.
0: Yeah,
2: is, last year. They were talking... I, yeah. I saw articles about it last year when they were uh, initially filming.
0: The shots inside Saputo are quite nice. They're yeah. familiar.
1: I'll be honest. When I heard there was a soccer drama that was getting made over here in particular, I wasn't expecting much from it. Yeah. So we got sent the first two episodes just to see what we thought, and... I watched them with a little bit of trepidation because I had an interview coming up with one of the actors in the show, but I I enjoyed it. Yeah, but th- you guys made
2: no. It? I thought they were I thought they were good for what they you know you, you're not expecting something that's going to win awards. Um, I'm sure they want to eventually, but it, it, also whenever you have a new show, the first couple episodes it takes a while. There's always the rule of three for TV. You have to watch three episodes. If you don't like it by then, then you're out. Then that's fine. But it takes about three, four episodes for a new TV show
1: to
0: get running. So for you, Steve, you've seen two episodes. Are you in? I would probably
1: keep watching it. Yeah. I, I would as well. I, I'm actually really curious to see what happens. Yeah. By the end of the first one, I was quite gripped. And I was like, oh, what's going to happen now? Yeah. And that's what they're going for. They're going more for drama heads. Yeah. yeah. With a footballing bent, it, as opposed got, to football fans, it it, it almost
2: got me right team. off the bat because uh, yeah. it mentioned nudity on the. Yeah, well, that, so okay. So that I was, so like that, right was little, that was a little shiny for me. It was yeah, like, so so you got to warn people that want to watch this with was, kids. There was was there nudity? There was part. There was partial. Uh, yeah. Um, in the first, there's a episode. couple of sex scenes. Yeah, but but uh, but maybe that's more coming but down. There's no the road.
0: nudity in the sex scenes.
1: She was partially naked. There
2: was side stuff yeah oh okay, no,, uh, but the thing is that, that might there still might be going on in I, don't the re- future. I don't remember that but okay, there might be well, you kind of uh, you know he, he, he shall survive. Let's see oh, whatever. Avert your eyes. Yeah, um, but I uh, had it frozen, so
1: I... <laughs> it just happened to freeze. At yeah, that point. I, I, I
2: to actually, my, it
0: did freeze a bunch. Did it freeze for you? No. Oh, okay, mine. But for, it could it get
2: freeze. more even more racier as the episodes go down. So, yeah. so know, yeah,
0: the, the thing comes on. It's CBC, and it's like yeah. all these warnings, and I was like, whoa. what so is
2: CBC has those kind of shows. It it's TV on at nine o'clock. Yeah, at it's nine o'clock, well. there's a lot to do at that point. Yeah, and
0: then and there's some colorful language and yeah.
1: Especially the old lady,
2: none from mother,
0: none from the supporters so far. But no,
1: no. This is strange. It looked a lot of fun. Um, I got a chance to speak to one of the actors in it, guy with Whitecaps connections. His acting name is Ryan Pierce. He is a a Scottish ex-footballer. He played under his real name of Ryan O'Leary. His dad is Pierce O'Leary, who played for the Whitecaps in the NASL days from eighty-one to eighty-three. And his uncle is Arsenal legend David O'Leary. Oh, yeah. So he comes from good footballing stock. Had a lot of battles in the game with injury. He suffered from depression as well. Had a manager that didn't understand what that was. And we've all seen the sad effects of players here that maybe haven't had the help for depression. Thankfully, Ryan's come through it, no thanks to some of the, the things that he's been through. Gave up football altogether. Accidentally got into acting. And now this is his first major role. We've got him on the line just now. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. You're absolutely
6: welcome. It's a pleasure to be on.
1: Now we've got a lot to talk to you about. We'll we'll start off by by talking about the the new show. There's not been many football dramas sort of done over the years, and for for people that don't know you, you used to be a professional footballer in Scotland. Why do you think it's been so hard for the game to kind of get captured properly on, on television?
6: It's actually a great question. and It's a question that I, I was wondering to myself. And I, even, I, I remember speaking to one of the producers about it and just saying, just saying but I, I can't believe that there's not really been one uh, great soccer or football show that's came about. I mean, when I grew up, I used to watch footballers' lives for a yeah. moment there. I don't know if you remember that yourself yeah uh, there's been the, 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 I guess when I asked when I put that question to him he just said that shooting sports uh television is is a very very difficult thing to do so i mean I, I didn't really ask him to elaborate on that but I guess it just must be a very complicated uh process to try and film a sports program and i guess i guess a soccer one uh, in this in this case
1: yeah I, I think the only sort of the longest running one that I instantly spring to mind, I guess, is Dream Team on Sky. Dream
6: Team, yes, absolutely.
1: There's, there's probably going to be a lot of people see a lot of connections be- between 21 Thunder and, and Dream Team. How would you describe the the show? And like, If you're trying to sell it to somebody, how, how would you describe it to them? How would I, do
6: this, uh, how could I describe 21 Thunder? I mean, it, it revolves around an under-21 team of the, I guess, the MLS-based Montreal Thunder. And it it follows a group of players, coaches and uh, staff circulating the team as they, I guess, they deal with life. And uh, And it's many obstacles as they pursue their ultimate goal of making it to the first team. I mean, you only, I guess, from the outside, you get a glimpse into soccer players' lives uh, via social media and what you read in the press, but I guess this will give you a sort of um, uh, uh, an insight into, I guess, your potential heroes as, as football players and role models. I think it'll be very interesting. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a fun ride.
1: Now, I've seen the first two episodes, and like, I'll be totally honest. I watched them a little bit apprehensive because I knew I was speaking to you, and I wasn't expecting much from it because. The, the trailer, it didn't hook me, I was like oh no, it's going to be all about the drama off the pitch more than on it but I really enjoyed the first two episodes I I thought it was excellently done
6: I haven't honestly, I haven't seen anything, I've seen some of the ADR work that I did and this is, this is, Michael this is my first rodeo in this world I really have nothing to compare it to so other than the ADR work that I've seen, I've obviously been I've known to this day, it's, it's been coming for some time now and I'm, I'm, I too. I'm like, I'm, I'm nervously excited about the process and seeing how it's received. And it's obviously nice for you to hear yourself say that you've seen the first couple of episodes and to get your genuine thoughts on it. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it myself. And I think a lot of people, uh, all my my friends, all my footballing friends back home in Scotland. I'm, I'm sure it would be weird for them to see me in this, this actory light. You know, I'm sure you who. Uh, obviously if you did your research on me, you knew I played football, what, what to expect from yeah. uh, an athlete who's so used to the acting world um, now on on, on, a, on a television screen doing something other than playing football. So it'll be, it'll be interesting for me and for the people who know me going forward.
1: So let, let's rewind a little bit then and we'll, let's have a, a chat about your, your football and career and then we'll, we'll go back to the show. Now you come from a, a famous footballing stock your dad Pierce O'Leary played for Vancouver Whitecaps and was a Republic of Ireland international. Your uncle is Dave O'Leary, the the famous Irish international as well that played with Arsenal. Was there any way that with that bloodline that you weren't going to be a footballer?
6: But oh, yeah, he played for he played for Celtic, he retired at Celtic. My uncle played for Arsenal. And um I think that it was always kind of one of those things that I was just sort of um I was never pushed into it. Um, but I, was, I grew up with a, a soccer ball at my feet. I remember seeing pictures of myself at 11 months old uh, running around the place, kicking a ball, and it was just something that I, was, I guess I was born into. My dad, unfortunately, had to retire at a young age, at 29, due to a lot of uh, uh, serious injuries. And um, when I turned five, actually, he, he became my, my football coach from five until 11. So I, had, I guess I had that mentor figure in my life for a long time that really helped. Just being surrounded by that, I guess that footballing energy just
1: put me in good stead going forward. And you you came through the, the ranks at Aberdeen, you played for Aberdeen and Kilmarnock in, in the Premier League and then injuries and, and various things kind of curtailed your own career a, a little bit early, but I I know you came over here in 2011 and you actually had trials with the Whitecaps just before we, we went into MLS. But what was behind that? Did you just kind of want a fresh start at that point?
6: I, think, I can't remember what year it was, it might have been 2009, and uh, I came to the end of my current contract, and they'd offer, uh, my current employer, Kilmarnock, had offered me a deal, and uh, I was really just kind of sitting on it, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, and ultimately I decided just to, to quit. So I didn't really say anything about it, I didn't speak in the press about it, I just decided to, to vanish, and I ended up working, uh, my dad's at a small cleaning company back in Scotland, yeah. so I decided just to clean clean toilets and stuff for seven months. And it was, a, it was a horrible, horrible job. But I felt, I just felt happier doing it. There was, there was, there was, um, I would have, I would have somebody work, the workies, the the, the people working alongside me, who'd, who I didn't know personally, but they would come in and they'd be like, Brian O'Leary, what, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, I'm just, I'm just working. I'm just like, one of you guys. And they would be like, they couldn't believe that I decided to quit football to do that kind of job. I mean, some of the stuff, some of the, the stuff that I saw unclean clean was, horrendous but I felt more content in that in that small period of time but ultimately after seven months of doing that um I just I felt like I wasn't sure what I wanted to do going forward and my dad mentioned about well he has a contact over in Vancouver uh uh, over in Vancouver if I was interested in in going it I thought about it and at that point I was actually thinking about just going doing some traveling for a few months and just trying to do some soul searching and I decided to uh, ultimately, to, to go to Vancouver. And after, I think, three or four days of being there, I got injured. So I ended up being injured for four of the five weeks that I was there. I oh, think wow. it was. So then at the end of it, the manager pulled me aside and just said, obviously, you've been injured for basically, basically the whole time you've been here. Just just go home and we'll just we'll just keep in contact. And so at that point, I decided to uh, rejoin, re-signed with my old team for the last four or five weeks of the season. And uh, in the final game, I got my back. I got myself back fit and ready. Uh, played the last few games of the season, and then in the final game, I tore my hamstring. That oh. was the game just before the, the end of the season. So they then, um, I guess, decided to offer me a, a two-year contract. And um, the preseason went great, and then I, I did my anterior cruciate ligament in my knee within the first uh, two or three games. So that kind of. That kind of set the tone for the rest of the season, and ultimately, I just decided to retire after a
1: couple of years of um, of being back in the game. Now, you you came through the game at an early age, and obviously, Twenty One Thunder's about an under twenty one team. Now, you've seen a lot in the game. I know you've spoken in the past about some depression issues as well, a lot of and the the non understanding of stuff like that in the game. When when you're coming into the game so young and there's so much pressure to make it, is it just really hard to just try and keep your head in order and just keep everything straight in your mind?
6: I think it's possibly easier then because you're not overthinking it. You know, like, I I look at things now, uh, back then, and certain arguments I got into with state management or physios, and it's interesting to see what patterns, I guess you You develop over the, over a period of time at fifteen, I just wanted to leave school. I just wanted to go out of school and I wanted to, and, and football was giving me giving me that ticket to leave school. so I jumped on it and I moved three hours away from home to a city called aberdeen and I lived there for two years and uh, it was It was interesting i'd never been away from home before and um, it went great the first year was it was wonderful I ended up um making my my debut. I became the the youngest ever player at that point to play for Aberdeen. Everything was going great. And then the second year, a new manager came in and um, uh, there was a lot of, I guess, personal uh, problems uh, that ended up uh, occurring between me and that manager and I ended up leaving. And that was just, uh, that was the end of the Aberdeen chapter before I moved closer to home. to a team called
1: When When you've been shooting the 21 Thunder thing and... Obviously, a lot of the off-the-pitch stuff is maybe more dramatic than than you might have at a normal football club, but just the, the characters, the the young guys trying to make it in the game, did it bring home a lot of memories for you as to what it was actually like in the dressing room as, as a youngster trying to make it into the first team?
6: It really did. It really did. They obviously paid a lot of attention to detail, the execs and the creators of the show, because it was very nostalgic for me at times to be and just on set being in those changing room scenarios where I am essentially a coach in this show, now looking down at these players and seeing myself in these players, that was very interesting because I know exactly uh, what they've gone through, what they're going through to achieve uh, their goals at this point in their lives. It was very interesting. I I really could relate to pretty much every situation that occurred, (laughs) uh, well,
1: most situations that occurred throughout the show. Now, your character, it's a, a guy called Davy Gunn. He used to play with Man United and he's kind of come over in a, a player's coaching role. Mm-hmm. Did, did you kind of, like without mentioning names, but did you kind of base that on a variety of players that you've kind of met in the game over the years?
6: Absolutely. Because I guess it was, it was very... Um, I just got to incorporate so many little bits and pieces from players that I played with uh, or an idea of a player that I played against and what I thought they might be like or me judging Alex Ferguson from the outside or or certain situations that Wayne Rooney was going through during my filming or I think it would maybe within that uh, six months Wayne Rooney was going through a particular uh, tough point I think with uh, I guess all the fans uh, against him and whatnot, and there was just a lot of stuff going on with him that I related myself to that I'd drawed things from but that was very interesting. To just, uh, just create something. Uh, out of Nothing. I, I really thoroughly enjoy the process. Uh, whether whether the the people or my friends that I that I drew that I drew a character from would, would recognise themselves, then I don't know. But uh, it, I definitely felt inspired by my my background and who I grew up with and played against.
1: I'm curious to see how the character develops as well, because the the first episode he he doesn't come across as the nicest of guys. Quite arrogant and aloof. But by the second episode already you're you're kind of warming to him. I know you can't give too much away, but do we kind of see a, a development of the character as the series goes on? Is he maybe going to soften a little bit?
6: I mean, you're absolutely going to see a development. I mean, I guess that's my job as an actor, to to create a character and create a storyline and create, a, create an arc within that character. I mean, if I just played the, the same character the whole way through, I'm not sure how enjoyable it would be for the audience. So I wanted to I wanted to bring certain parts of myself to the character cause it's, he's not, uh, he's not different from me. I am baby in this show. So I have to, I just have to embody that person and just, um, uh, really, uh, really just, I guess, use certain situations that were going on in my life and cause we all have drama within our lives. And I was just able to draw upon that and bring that into my character and, um, and give the hopefully the, the, the creators and the execs and the, the network exactly what they what
1: they needed. The transition that you made from footballer to actor, and I kind of believe you were also possibly a, a model along the way as well. How did that all? How did that come about?
6: I don't know, honestly. Since I went, <laughs> I've just been stumbling through life, and uh, this stumbled now taking me into acting. But I, I definitely did. I did a brief spell of modelling, and I still got asked to do modeling things now and again and i'm not against it for a while there it just it didn't really feel like me the whole modeling thing i guess coming to coming to the states and learning about this the social media game that apparently you have to participate and yeah uh i definitely participated that and that for a while but uh and then I, I took a big step back for a couple of years but i'm um, getting back into things and uh getting into acting last year i, I guess it's one of those things that. I, you just have to, you just have to suck it up and go on with it. So I think at some point I'll probably really enter back into that world and take part.
1: Like, did you go into acting classes? Did someone, did someone see you modelling and and basically say, "Look, you've you've got what it takes. You you could be an actor here."
6: Well, I remember uh, when I first left Scotland just to visit the States. Uh, I was walking along uh, when I think it was Santa Monica. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, what do you call it? West Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Along Santa Monica Boulevard. And this, all of a sudden, this guy. And I, I remember how I, was, how I was feeling. I was feeling so dejected because I didn't really want to go back and play football. And I was walking along the street, and all of a sudden, I hear this guy yelling out to me. So I turned around, and, and there's this guy just sitting in his car, and he asked me who I am, and this and that, and the next thing. And all of a sudden, this guy wants to make me, and his words, a star, and all <laughs> this um, Hollywood
5: jargon. And so I didn't really think anything of it. But over the course of my, my stay there,
6: I was, I was randomly getting people just asking me if I, was, if I did some modeling or was I an actor. And I, I just, I wasn't really into it. So um, maybe like uh, over the course of uh, my stay in America, I, I met a, a woman, uh, a close friend of mine now, an agent who saw me at a soccer field, a kid's soccer game. I was playing Manny. I was basically a manny to this woman and her three kids, and I would bring one of the kids to the soccer game, um, soccer practice, and one day she asked me that, uh, if I was interested in getting into some, some acting, or more so commercial acting at that point. And uh, I said that I'd think about it, so she gave me her details, and I, I said that I'd, I'd contact her. And that was kind of like my entry point into it. Um, after some time of, again, uh, gathering myself, after essentially quitting my career as a soccer player, uh, I contacted her, and we just kind of, we did some work together, then I stepped back away from it uh, for a while, and then in 2016, um, we touched base again, and she threw me a couple of auditions, and one of those auditions was 21 Thunder. Cool. That's kind of
1: that's it. And obviously the the show's not aired yet, but it's the hopes that this isn't just going to be like a, a one-season thing, are they hoping to bring it back, do you know, for, for a second season?
6: Everybody's obviously um, creating from their own, I guess,
1: Great, and then just very last thing: what's in store for you now? Like after after this has all been finished, is there anything else we can expect to see you in anytime soon? Thank you so much for your time today Ryan I really really appreciate it Wish you all the best for the show and the future If you're ever up in Vancouver as well Give us a shout we'll get you along to Whitecaps game as well But yeah all the best for everything
6: Absolutely thank you Mike I appreciate you having me on
1: Ryan Pierce, there from 21 Thunder catch him on Monday nights on CBC 9pm if you've got time shifting like I do 6pm he had a a trial as we talked about there with the Whitecaps pre MLS era so he could actually have been a Whitecaps player going forward but injured three days in then was sent back home Tommy Soane had brought him over didn't work out he's got this new career wish him all the best He, he plays the
2: prick really well yeah it's like
1: his character his character as i was talking but about there is hard to like no but no there are moments where he shows he's likable <laughs> he, too so he's kind of like episode kind of, two he's kind of warm a little I, bit warm
2: i think he's yeah he, but he's, as,
0: i think he's warm for a reason yeah. i
2: think he's essentially playing that athlete who, who has to show a hard side but is sensitive on the inside
1: and the hope is that this is going to be back for a second season and with these guys, a lot of them, it's in their last year of being with the Thunder under-21 yeah. team. It could become an MLS It could MLS then become team. an MLS story, yeah. which would have a, a bigger impact and possibly a better impact. chance a of bigger impact, yeah. ah, <laughs> No pun intended. And a better chance of maybe selling it to the States or something. Right. But anyway, check it all out. And we might have a few more of the actors on our show over the next couple of weeks. Really like to get Christy Cook on the show. She's one of the stars. And just chat to her. Is, about that, her,
0: coo- is that her name or her? That's her that's a character, character name, yes. yeah.
1: Stephanie Bennett is her real name. Vancouver it, actress. Yeah, she's from Vancouver. Right. And we'll be back with more chat after this. The music from Unsolved Mysteries there. Picked by Steve because it's a mystery as to why we're
0: doing this segment every day. No, okay. No. Last week I gave Steve a hard time about this. And uh, I just want to apologize for that. No, you. it's okay. It, no, it was good. It was. It, it was. was
2: it was disorganized. I agree with the, No, I,
0: I, I, I. I'm excited about the, the headlines you have in store for us tonight.
1: Yeah, we're bringing you this section in conjunction with our partners, BC Your one-stop site for news, links, and, and everything else, and locally, I, nationally, and internationally. Sorry, and
0: I love them too. Like uh, Richard Howe's and now Bill Curry, great people who are passionate about football, locally and and around the world, who have. Invested a lot of time and energy to share football stories. So, yeah, I really appreciate BC Soccer Web.
2: So, the headlines. Uh, we have a couple that uh, didn't make the cut. Uh, quickly go over. A Russian farmer built stadium out of straw <laughs> to mock 720 million World Cup. And if you look at the picture, it's a fantastic yeah, picture. Yeah, that was awesome. It's all got guy in
1: Toronto with his stairs. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't understand that either. Uh, five-year bans for grassroots players who assault a referee. Um, that was an interesting one. Uh, also, Kadisha Buchanan named Big 12 Female Athlete of the Year. And that's all sports, not just soccer. That's yeah, huge. To go. And she, I think she was up for SB2. Um, but the top three headlines we have for this week. Uh, number one, Argentina-Uruguay to go ahead with a 2030 World Cup bid. Seems like they're um, not even trying for 2026. They may be conceding 2026 to the 3 Amigo um, bid. Uh, the other headline from ESPN. ESPNFC... Pro slash relegation component made $4 billion bid for MLS Media Rights a non starter. Basically, somebody was wanted to give them an international um, uh, contract yep. to, to, to uh, produce MLS, but they wanted pro and uh, promotion and relegation as part of it. Last headline pro soccer game delights Saskatchewan fans. That's essentially the last, I think it was Sunday, uh, New York Cosmos. Saturday. Go, it was a Saturday? Yeah. New York Cosmos. Uh, took on Valencia
0: Soccer Day in Saskatchewan.
2: Yeah, and uh so and it was a decent crowd.
0: Yeah, 15,000. Uh it was encouraging. Obviously this is a, there's a connection there to the um uh, the, the the Canadian Premier League. So it was a big things going on They had a, the supporters uh Pilo pile bones I think it is called uh the day, the day before on the Friday with uh Paul Byrne and uh Joe Belan who's the owner or the head of the ownership group for the, the Canadian premier league in Saskatchewan. And they're in the midst of trying to determine if they're going to put a start, uh, put the first club in Saskatchewan in Regina or in Saskatchewan. And they're, are pros and cons to both. So there's lots going on in Saskatchewan right now. I had, uh, I had some friends who were hanging out. Some people I went to school with in Regina were hanging out and then some football people, obviously like Rob from, uh, pile bones and, uh, from the black hole. Uh, from the Black Hole, if you don't listen to their podcast, it's, uh, it's a. Good, it's good. Yeah. an interesting yeah, perspective. Jeff Salisbury. Yeah. It's an interesting perspective. And so, as a part of that whole week, they had a – Rob did an interview with Joel bland So, if you want to know more about what's happening with the Canadian Premier League in Saskatchewan, make sure you go and listen to episode – I forgot. I saw it on Twitter today. Episode 90-something. I think 95 or 96. If yeah, you tweet it out.
2: Well, listen to both. Listen to both podcasts. Yeah, you should yeah, listen to it every week. Yeah. But
0: – um, and then – uh, and then the, the Saskatoon guys, I think, have just had like their first get-together to maybe start a supporter group yeah. with Jeff and, and name it and all that kind of stuff. So lots of great things happening in Saskatchewan. And these are dudes, these are people who like, are long-time voyagers who've traveled extensively to support Canada. Oh, for sure. In, around the country and in the States for Gold Cup and stuff because they don't have a local team at a higher level to support. They support the game in a number of different ways. So it's really exciting to see... Them get a Them get a Canadian Premier League team, and it was interesting to hear some of the comments that said, "Hopefully, one day there might even be one in Regina and one in Saskatoon. That's that would awesome. be
1: fantastic because yeah. local rivalry is what you need." It was great to see such a good crowd out. It was a good testing the water moment for for soccer support and out there. So, I mean, that was good to see.
2: How about that? Uh, the the article about the MLS media rights and uh, yeah, well, I mean, that.
1: Th- this this really infuriated me, and in that. They should have grabbed the deal. Obviously, maybe sit down and thrash it all out, but not to dismiss it so quickly. And it's not dead in the water. Like he has said, he's just kind of putting something out there initially. And he, MLS might feel it's dead, but he's going to go ahead with it so, or try again. For me, this is a chance to shape a fantastic soccer pyramid in North America. Yeah. And I know self-interest is so big, it's what's ruined the game in North America for years. This would have been a monumental moment to make the game worthwhile and just more exciting all round, really.
0: I found the article a little bit weird on a couple of things. One, first off, Silva, the guy... Who made the bid? This uh... he's the owner of Miami. Yes, so yeah. he is self-serving because he yeah. wants Miami. MSL. Yeah, he wants Miami to get in into MLS or into uh, the higher level. But uh, the article was really weird to me because I think it was it was a Jeff Jeff Doyle or from ESPN or whatever. I forget his name. Jeff now. Carlisle. Jeff Carlisle. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> Doyle's from MLSoccer.com. Um, Jeff Carlisle. I found it really awkward because he was basically his premise was this didn't happen because of Pro Rel. Well, the first reports that came out said no. This isn't MLS said no to this. Because they're already in a deal and they can't break the deal they're in. Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of now to, to, to hear this other perspective of no, it has to do with poor well. Was kind of like no, I think th- they I mean, need I, to say no. because... I hope it th-
1: isn't dead in the water. The deal no. I thinks to 2021, and this just this could be the like when, in years to come when you look back at what defining moments were in the history of the game here in England. You have it when the Premier League was formed. For good or bad, it was a very defining moment of how the game has changed. The outlook off it, the money that got involved in it. There, and- there,
2: there wasn't actually an article that uh, we were considering too that uh, was about that as well. Mm. That you can find out BC Soccer was about how they deceived people about like how they were setting this up. So it's yeah. an interesting article there. Um, uh, final article, obviously Argentina, Uruguay. Uh, bidding for that uh, uh, twenty thirty World Cup, yeah. so a Which, lot of Uruguay did a, a host initial, yeah, in nineteen thirty. So hundred
1: so year anniversary, yeah.
2: Do yeah. you think would be lovely?
0: So that's why that's why they're not they don't care about twenty twenty six, yeah, because the probably, 100. yeah. But the awkward. I found it a little bit awkward that, or maybe just Uruguay is not prepared to host such a large scale tournament. Obviously, the first one was, yeah, was it thirteen nations? I think yeah. part, 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 part so a lot smaller. So it would be nice to see them involved. It, it kind of one one sense maybe sucks that they couldn't host themselves, but can I they think host the final? Do they have a big? Oh, enough it, stadium? oh it'll be, yeah, it'll oh. be at uh in Montevideo there. It, so they, they yeah. have a
2: big enough
1: stadium to that the people would approve I, of. I think though the way forward is these joint bids, yeah, especially when you're looking at 48 teams. is it's a lot for one country to try and take on, as,
2: as long as you can agree on who because the final is going to be the big one. As long as everybody but, can agree on who hosts the final but because it's a centenary, it's
0: yeah, gonna, it's, it's going to be in Europe, Montevideo. yeah. yeah.
2: And Argentina yeah. probably wants to just get some games. They they want to be able to because you think of them, they get even if the finals in Uruguay, you're, you're going to get a lot of fans over there, and you'll be able to get the home field
1: advantage throughout all
0: your yeah, games totally.
1: playing in Argentina.
0: I, I think that'll be more like a fifty fifty split in terms of games. Oh, for
1: sure, hundred percent. I've got a great book. I was trying to find the name of it just now. I, I can. It's about the the first World Cup in Montevideo. It's a guy whose ancestors played in it. And he went back and he went round all the antique stores and he tried to find as much like memorabilia that he could for it. It's a fascinating read. I'll, I'll tweet out what it is. It's something like One Month in Montevideo. And it's just the way he describes it, it's a self-published book. You can get it on eBay really cheap. So look out for that. I just think it would be great to go back there. And yeah, look forward to that. I'd like—I've always wanted to go to Montevideo as well, so that would be a great excuse to it, go.
0: It also feels like like we we were talk- uh It also feels like the 2026 one, where it, it feels like it'll be unrivaled, basically. Yeah, I know Morocco is maybe rivaling the 2026 yeah. one, but
2: um, one thing I forgot—I uh, want to mention really quickly about the pro rele- uh, promotion relegation. I think if you have promotion relegation, I can understand the the worry about getting the some of the big cities getting relegated would be an issue. I think you have to throw out the salary cap at that point if you do that because you need those strong teams. Because in England, you, those strong teams are able to spend so they don't even get into worry. So that yeah. I think that was a big – because TV rights will go down if you have a L.A. go down or a New York go down. Well, you can afford
0: – there's two L.A.s. Just let one go down. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> it was <laughs> a big,
0: big week in L.A., eh? Yeah. Wow. Coaches. They are trying to one-up – and, yeah, they are trying to one-up each other and uh, DeSantis' brother, Jonathan.
2: Yeah. I, the, the Night
1: King, basically, and the Turkey. The, the Bradley release. Because Bradley looks like the Night King. Think of it. Oh, and I see. To me, he's Voldemort. Oh, well, yeah. A little bit of Voldemort, too. I that, that, that release video where his head's down and he looks up. That was terrifying. That's going to give kidness nightmares. Yeah.
0: yeah. They'll always be Chivas in disguise, LAFC. Yeah.
1: But you can read those headlines and a lot more on bcsoccerweb.com. And we really recommend you do that. And also, if you're a subscriber to our premium podcast, there's still extra time. We're going to have our latest issue out on Monday, or latest episode out on Monday, and it's going to be looking at the World Cup bid for 2026. Lots of good chat to be had in that. So subscribe today if you haven't already. Three dollars a month, thirty dollars for the year. At least one episode a month of thirty minutes at a time. Highly recommended, and just supporting an AFTN as well. So I've not got much more of this show to go, but it's now. But we're my, done. We're done. No, nope, it's think... my favourite part. You're not Wait, allowed to go. I thought you until quit you while you ahead. This. This is a quality wavelength tune that's coming up this week. Now, last week, I I brought it up to modern day. This century. 2006, it's modern day. Yeah. We're going to go back a little bit in time. Just a touch. (laughs) 1967. Oh, wow. Psychedelic era in full flow. The drugs are flowing, the hippies are out, the free love... Rodney Marsh lighting it up for Queen's Park Rangers and the English leagues. And this is a psychedelic song about Queen's Park Rangers. Now, there's been a bit of debate as to who wrote it, it's still unknown. It could be the band July or it could be Purple Barrier, both psychedelic bands of England back in the day. Are it's any of them
2: alive? We can ask?
1: No one no one's admitting it.
2: No, no one's taking responsibility.
1: It's It's just under the QPR supporters.
0: So we have a song that no one wants to take credit for.
1: (laughs) And this song is called (laughs) Supporters Support Us. UPR supporters there with Supporters Support
0: Us. Zach loving that. Actually, you know what? I didn't mind that. That was actually one of your better selections. I want to do a Whitecaps version of that. It might make like a flash five in the future Mm. of Wavelength Songs.
1: Whitecaps, Whitecaps, Vancouver Whitecaps.
0: It would work. Trust me. Thank God nobody's listening to us right now. (laughs) If there's any
1: psychedelic bands listening and you would like to do a Whitecaps version of that song for us, get in touch. AFT in Canada at hotmill.com or at AFT in Canada on Twitter. That's where you can find me, Michael McCall. Zach, where can people
0: find you? At Zachary AM on Twitter, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective.
1: And you can find me, Steve, at Whitecaps Beat. So we hope you've enjoyed this wild trip. It's been groovy, man. For <laughs> now... Whitecaps winning Dallas. I felt I was tripping last night watching that. I'm still not sure it's real. I may have died. I'm still not sure, whether what is reality and what is not. Stickers. Oh, yeah, that
2: that kind of brought it down a little bit.
1: Yeah, I've I've now opened all my packs of stickers. They're put in the book. Why would you have a multi-part sticker picture and put a white border around it? Why white caps? Why? It makes no sense. I also have the mascot sticker <laughs> that goes from one to the other, white caps go, but the S disappears between the two stickers because of those white borders. White cap go. I am appalled. You got a no, good, good group of players, though, so far. I think you
2: filled up half the book.
1: I might take the book back to the shop and Mm. say it's broken. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, thank you for listening this week. It's been a bit different, a bit out there. Until next time, thanks for listening. Take care. And mourn the caps.
6: One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.